stupid. I don't know what is. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Welcome you back to this episode of the show, where tonight we're going to be talking about my film pick of the week from 1986, Blue Velvet, directed by David Lynch. But before we talk about the candy-colored clown they call the Sandman, please welcome the bold and beautiful Evoke Keith. Now it's dark. Yes, call me daddy. Call me daddy. Baby wants some milk. Baby wants the fuck. Uh, baby wants the fuck. Uh, hello. And welcome <laughs> to Talking Terror. <laughs> we uh, we definitely have a lot to talk about in the world of David Lynch a little later on in the show, and especially Frank Booth. Uh, but before we get to that, obviously we are joined also by the psychotic simian, the Prince of Memoir's Day. Yes, get funky with him, monkey. Hey there, Fright Face and Gold Geeks. Welcome to Talking Terror, the number one horror radio program in all of the multiverses. Every Wednesday night, we come in your ears live with the latest horror news and movie reviews you will never hear any fucking where else. You just remember to share the love of your favorite horror radio program by liking and subscribing to Talking Terror on both Facebook and Instagram, baby. What is up, my dysfunctional Fright family? <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> so, welcome to the show, time. everybody. Oh, we're recording. <laughs> I was taking a breath. Sorry. Uh, we are currently <laughs> waiting on the the dean, of course, to join us because obviously we got horror news going on a little later on the show. I'm sure he has his own thoughts on Blue Velvet and the little yes. David Lynch. Uh, Indubitably, but, yeah. oh, there indubitably is, the, 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 the dean, the dean is late. Um, that is because I am I'm going to be late because I am giving a dissertation at the moment on the intricacies of how like coffee is made. Okay, the right way, the right way, indeed. <laughs> yes, that's honestly like the best impression. <laughs> so yeah, no, I yeah I, uh, no, I don't want to yes. talk about coffee. <laughs> But did uh, Monkey Ghoul, did you have anything you want to talk about before the uh, the Dean gets here and takes over? Hmm. I ain't got shit, man. I ain't holding Monkey ain't I ain't got, got damn shit. Thing. Damn, not, <laughs> not holding any dimes, huh? Why don't you just let no. me in instead of talking about I'm sitting here waiting to be unmuted, and you can just unmute me, and then you don't have to sit there and have nothing to talk about. You just oh, got the fuck in the door, him. man. I just let you in the goddamn door. Fuck, man. Yeah. I can't he, look, he just pulled a Bray Wyatt. Let, let you were literally one second at the like, <laughs> Number just popped up. The dean, the dean, the dean has arrived. Yes, I'm here. I'm now here. You've let you've let me in the door. Thank you. Yes. Let me in. Why couldn't well, you just you. talk Damn. about like Ric Flair or like Kaboom? <laughs> See? 
Did you see the latest pay-per-view? <laughs> no, I know it's not as no, interesting we, as fucking French press coffee, but it's fucking wrestling, so we have to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, there, there ain't nothing really to talk about in wrestling at all. Nope. It's, it's, it's no, dark, no, no. We're, 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 we're it's, pretty it's much done for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, we, we got our signs and everything like that, which is fine. Um, so, yeah, obviously, Monkey, you don't have anything to talk about. Did you he kick me out because I made a wrestling joke? No. You not you didn't get kicked out. You dropped and I had to let you back in. Jesus Christ, I'm gonna fucking lock your Dean, door. Come on, adjust the sensitivity. I know you're out there in Cali. Okay, come I'm on, not yeah. come on, I know. God, but he doesn't want to get let's 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 Ocean. be clear here. Like I was just making jokes about wrestlers and, and the king gave me the boot, so who's the one that's being sensitive? I did not give you the boot, sir. You dropped it the fucking screen. Stay professional, kid. I've never gotten angry on the show before, but god damn, I'm about to throw my goddamn phone through the fucking window. You got angry angry when, when, like, the ghoul announced we were watching the unicorn party, and, uh, you know, when when animated things happen, you get... You get you get angry when when animated films get announced and we we have to watch things that you don't want to watch. You're like, oh god damn it, I'm gonna watch it anyway for the show. Uh, but maybe this will be the week that I take the week off, et cetera, et cetera. So don't say this is the only time you get mad. Dean, actually, yeah, break it up a little bit, Dean. Yeah, you break this up. <laughs> <laughs> But since so good evening. Good evening. here, and he hasn't dropped out good yet, evening. you know, for two seconds. Yeah, there he is. There he is. Look, he's here. He hasn't dropped yet. Okay. He's still here. He's I'm not here. in the backyard. I'm here. Okay. 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 Let, let the Dean I'm have here. And I'm ready to conduct <laughs> this broadcast in a serious manner. We're off to love this episode. <laughs> You're just fucking off to such a goddamn great start, you know. Baby wants to fuck. That's what baby wants to do. But anyway, that's what it later on in the show. So we can't get there just yet. You know, <laughs> I forgot my nitrous in the car, so I can't huff that. So I'm kind of on my own. Uh, I'm on an island all by myself. So, you know, with that being said. Bottle of nitrous in the trunk. Of the... <laughs> now, okay, so, so, so hold on, though. No. I mean, again, yeah, I know better share some of that. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later, man, because you know what? That just goes to show the level of inexperience there. But we'll, again, we'll discuss it later. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Did somebody say? Did somebody bring it on? Wait, happy balloons, so, baby. Did somebody say? Did somebody say a trunk full of nitrous? Nitrous. Yes, I crack. Oh well, share, share, share the wealth. Yeah. Uh, well, no, it's just for me. Yeah. Maybe if you had been a little bit nicer, I would have fucking given you some. But no, no, you got you to fucking be screaming at me at the start of the fucking, hey, well, me and the dude, we talk about wrestling for a little while. God damn. You know, this is what I get. This is what I get. I'm just so happy to be here. Can you tell? <laughs> yes. I'm fucking around. Yeah. I'm, I'm just fucking around. I'm just kidding. I'm not actually mad. Hey, don't no. podcast I know, I know what's going on here, King. I know what's going on here. 
he's actually finally feeling the emotions of fucking Artax's death in the never-ending story. All of these things that he's been posting, <laughs> he's been tagging us in all day. Oh, he's been looking at pictures of that fucking horse, sw- like, sinking into the swamps of sadness. And he's thinking about Atreus tears and Bastion crying there while reading that open book in the fucking attic of the school. And he's thinking to himself, stupid horse. <laughs> Okay. That's exactly what I thought about. That's exactly what I thought about in the theater when we fucking saw that movie. So I get it. I don't even know who the fuck Bastion is. No, it's okay, Frankie. Balthazar Bucks. Okay, that's who Bastion is. Bastion yeah. Balthazar Bucks. Remember Bucks. that name. Bucks. Remember that X. name. Bucks. X. The name is Buck, and I like to fuck. Eaten alive. Toby Hooper. Great. I'll get him again. B-U-X, Baca, on the show. give it to you, baby. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Fucking love that. So with that being said, since Dean is here and he's in a great mood, I'm in a fucking great mood. Uh, let's do uh, Harley. Oh, yeah. What are you talking about? Let's do this. Let's open it up. Oh, well, cartoons. So many people <laughs> were excited about what they deemed a return to form. Uh, in the Saw franchise with the latest entry. Um, They've already announced that the next entry is coming to theaters on September 27th, 2024. And given the success of Saw X, uh, it was assumed that Saw 11 would be put together by the same writing team of Peter Goldfinger and Josh Stolby, but uh, they are not going—they are not <laughs> going to be writing uh, the next Saw film. Uh, Tobin Bell is going to be returning, of course, to play Jigsaw, but right now it's unknown who's going to be taking over the writing duties at this time. Uh, let's not forget that uh, this writing team was also behind Jigsaw and Spiral. So it's not like their track record in this world is so extensive. But, uh, you know, people were excited about Saw X. But anyway, uh, the next entry in this long-running franchise will be hitting your screens next September uh, in the year of 2024. Excellent. Looking forward to the next entry. So X was fucking good because X is going to give it to you and now 11 is going to give it to you. So awesome shit. Now, is there any talk like with this whole shit like that they like have a planned end in any way, shape or form? Like, you know, we're going to go to number blah, blah, blah. And that is the end of the story or they just crank it, just going to keep cranking them out when the paychecks keep coming out. He's cranking them out. Paychecks. I think any plan yeah, was, pro- was, was probably with part three. I would think was the mm-hmm. plan yeah. end, which, you know, realistically was more of like, hey, the first movie made money, so we're going to turn out a sequel. You know, we'll, we'll put it this way. When was the last time Lee, Lee 1L had anything to do with the franchise? Because isn't he the original writer of Saw anyway? Yes. And another one. And another so, one. so what was the last yeah. what was the last Saw movie that he actually was involved with? Oh, that's going back. I think a the ways. third one. Yeah, it's like Five. three or four. So I, I, think I it would say that was one. probably the extent of the actual story, and everything since has been like every other major horror 
franchise that franchise. You know, where <laughs> other people take the There's take the reins rules. and start putting their own We're ideas a franchise out there. now. Yes. You know, we, we have another movie, but hey, we don't think that movie's going to make legs, or hey, this movie kind of sounds like Saw, so if we put a couple traps in it, we could call it a Saw movie, and you'll make money, because people will come out. Okay, I'll sell you my property. You know, that kind of shit. Yeah, I got you. All right. <laughs> All right, so moving on from Saw, another what's one. next we're talking about? I will cool. tell you that the whole Please, world... tell us about another one. Uh, is is so excited uh, for Terrifier three, uh, which is coming October twenty fifth, twenty twenty four, and the while the two first Terrifier sixty four minutes, I think that um, <laughs> I think that Damien Leone actually said uh, somewhere that the third one's running time was going to be scaled back uh, compared to the second one. But what I'm here to say is that. The first film was put together on a modest budget of $55,000 and uh, the second one on a budget of a little more than 250 k And it's been known, given the success, that there was going to be a bigger budget involved, but now it's been learned that the budget for Terrifier 3 is going to be, and I quote, a couple of million dollars. Uh, with uh, this new uh, financial playground, uh, Damien Loney has been able to hire uh, a Hollywood uh, special effects company to work on this one. Uh, and also it's said that uh, Chris Jericho uh, will be returning uh, for the role that he played briefly in Terrifier 2. And you can once again look forward to Terrifier 3 on October 25th, 2024. So that means we'll yeah, have Jericho you know for five, five minutes at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> And, they kill and him he's off. gonna die. <laughs> he's gonna be the opening kill. Yep. yep. He's gonna be the cold open. <laughs> yeah, because remember when we watched Terrifier two, and I'm like, where the fuck is Chris Jericho? And he showed up in the last five minutes in the post credits. I'm like, oh, there he is. So yeah, he'll be the opening mm-hmm. credit kill. And I hope. And he had opening credit. Finishing move. Let let it be with the walls of Jericho. Snap him in half. You know. <laughs> oh, I would love to fucking see that. Uh, Tap him out the walls of Jericho. Just fucking rip him in half. But I know the Dean doesn't know what that is, but it's a fucking finishing move. Chris Jericho is really good at He breaks the walls uh, down. And we love him for he it. He breaks the walls down. He's the Y2J. He's the eye like of rock and roll. <laughs> uh, like Paul Hyman? He's the Ayatollah of rock and roll. <laughs> Goddamn right he was the Ayatollah of rock and roll. Wrestling against Juventud Guerrero in WCW. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, Dean, what else are you talking about? Skinny little fucking Jericho winning the Cruiserweight Championship, man. We have just talked September 24, then October 24, and now we're going to rewind a little bit to March of 24 because we know that on March 29, 2024, we'll bring uh, the uh, sequel... Uh, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire uh, to screens around the world. Uh, We also know that uh, pretty much the entire uh, primary cast uh, from Ghostbusters Afterlife will be returning with, uh, you know, larger roles expected from uh, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson. And uh, another legacy cast member 
uh, will be returning to this film, and that is none other than Slimer. Uh, They said being that Afterlife took place in Oklahoma, uh, you know, now that the setting is returning to New York City, uh, we'll have the opportunity for Slimer to emerge uh, once again. I just want Echo Cooler back. That's all. Dude, yeah, didn't, they, sure. didn't they bring it back? They're going to bring it for back Afterlife? again. Yeah. In limited supply for Afterlife, it was like a special contest that you had to win to get any of it. That was it. Sold, like, couldn't, there was no retail, no. There was no retail purchase? Nope, mm-hmm. not this time. No. Yeah, the no, only time they only put it out was contest. for the, yeah, the 2016 one with the all-female cast was when they brought that back. Because well, they knew like it was going to suck. And to give us answer good. the call. That's, that's what that one's called. Ghostbusters, answer the call. Because I'm telling you, eventually, they're going to bring those women back. You'll see. They're going to find a way to worm that franchise into this franchise and marry, the, marry them all together. Um uh, maybe they'll pull some yeah. multiverse shit. You know what I mean? But well, again, the writing the writing is good. I, I'm happy with it because, like I said, I I, I had hope for that fucking movie. Um, you know, it's funny. It's funny we we have anything like obviously I know Frozen Empire is coming and all that. But uh, you know, like I put Ghostbusters two on last night to go to go to sleep. You know, I put Ghostbusters one on a couple nights mm-hmm. ago, and uh, I put Ghostbusters two on last night, and. You know, it's it's one of those where I, I forget how much I actually, like, enjoy Ghostbusters 2. Like, I found myself, like, laughing heartily, like, at, like, the up until before I fell asleep, obviously, which was probably, like, 25 to 30 minutes into the movie. Like, it's actually quite funny to, to watch the film. All of them are performing, like, at, at, I guess what could be considered the peaks of their, their careers at this point. And, and it was fucking hysterical, like, you know. I just yeah. I was really enjoying it, and I was enjoying it a lot more than I remembered myself enjoying it. So, I, uh, I I'm going to look forward to watching all all four of the films leading up to Frozen Empire, just to just to kind of get everything rehashed before uh, before getting in there and seeing it. I see the trailer every time I go to any of the AMC mm-hmm. movies right now. So, I mean, I've been defending Ghostbusters too since I was a fucking kid. Like that movie is not as bad as people make it fucking seem. I know it's not Ghostbusters. But for a follow-up, it does have a lot of humor still, and it's just it's a lot of fun to watch. You know, there's a lot. I mean, fucking Winston alone is fucking great to be there, just because he's like, y'all, fuck y'all. I don't give a shit. I'll be over here. You guys want to dig underground and shit? I'm gonna be at home. I have an alibi. I have witnesses. Good luck in court. I'm not even gonna come to court with you guys. <laughs> and he's, I won't even and he's be at your smiling. court date. He's smiling all the way out. You know, Winston, he's never involved in any of the illegal activities that occur in that movie. Nope. You know, they're, dig, they're nope. digging in the middle of the street. Winston ain't nowhere to be found. You don't see him out there. You know, when Harold Ramis turns around to the one cop, uh, to, to Ray or whatever, and he's like, why are you digging down there? And he's like, yo. <laughs> yo. <fucking tired>. Oh, when yeah, fucking you know Peter is. starts hitting him on top of the helmet, he's like, I told you to dig yeah, over there. Yeah, yeah. I told, oh, you, I told there. you the lines were over there. You know, like, <laughs> like, again, it's that funny New York humor, but I think really the biggest difference is, is, is it is. It's a totally different tone. And I think that's kind of what always throw, throws me off between the two of them. Because if you watch the first movie, it's very much like dark New York. It's at, like dark. It's It's comedy, but not necessarily like... It's not all silly slapsticky. I mean, it's in there, 
but there's like that that twisted little tone that seems to go on where it feels like the first Ghostbusters is the marriage of a horror movie and a comedy film. The second yeah. Ghostbusters really just feels like it's comedy because it is. It's a lot of jokes. Janos is fucking cracking. You know, he's cracking me up between that bad accent and just some of the, the goofy lines that he has as he's, like, trying to get with Dana. You know what I mean? He's like a twisted European mm-hmm. version of Peter in the first movie, you know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> hey, friend, where are you from? The Upper West Side? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Master, I will. <laughs> yeah, Peter McNichol is so good in that fucking movie. <laughs> I bring you a child. Yes, Master, I shall serve you. <laughs> and then he gets fucking flashlight eyes when the power goes out. Like, that was creepy. I remember when I first saw it. I was like, holy shit, he's got fucking eyes that light up and the fucking heads in the uh, subway system. When they all pop up and scare the shit out of the Ghostbusters, I was like, see, right there. That's not kid-friendly, but it was fucking cool as shit, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. I know. A lot of people don't like the Statue of Liberty compared to the State Puff, but I thought that was fucking great. He steps on the fucking cop car. Muffle! <laughs> uh, so fucking good. And plus, oh, yeah. thanks to the monkey, I have it on tape. You know, that was one of the greatest things I've ever gotten. <laughs> that cassette tape. Ghostbusters, yes, yes, too. I was like, yes, you do. Fucking Bobby Brown. <laughs> God, so good. It was a cigarette burn in the cigarette case and everything. <laughs> I mean, uh, that too hot to hold the cold. Cold to cold. They called the Ghostbusters in the ink control. Had to throw a party for all the children. <laughs> well, all the while, the sun was under the building, so they packed up a quip, got a grip, got a proton packs in the back of their slate. Well, I'm not evil. The master evil. Try to battle my boys. That's not legal. Oh. Yeah, I know. I fucking love that song. <laughs> Who are you going to call? <laughs> Demon. <laughs> Even, even. Want to get a beer? Yeah. <laughs> My dad said you're a bunch of liars and you're full of crap. <laughs> well, not everybody is ready to accept for natural. No, he just said you're full of crap. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what so what's next? Got? What are you talking about, Dean? All right. It's like December has turned into the month of discussions of Adam Marcus, who we talked about last week when it came to business surrounding Jason Goes to Hell. But I did not know that Adam Marcus was uh, the writer of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. And since it is uh, the 10th anniversary of Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, 3D, Adam Marcus has revealed uh, some information about what it took uh, to, to get this thing uh, together and kind of what went wrong. So apparently hmm, okay. uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D uh, was uh, going to have a plot that uh, had cannibalism featuring uh, very heavy into the story. Uh, but after the big failure of uh, m- uh, the midnight meat train, uh, Lionsgate... Uh, decided uh, that they were wanting to be out of the cannibal business. Uh, So they had to kind of get rid of the bulk of the cannibalism plot. And in addition to that, uh, the script that they had written uh, was written uh, with the expectation of an estimated budget of around 
$20 million, of which they were only able to get $8 million. So they needed to have uh, set pieces completely simplified. Um, the producer was expecting them to do rewrites for free. Um, and they basically had to remove uh, a whole sequence that was going to be uh, a very large massacre. Uh, so all kinds of stuff uh, that led to the, you know, final product, if you will, uh, known as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. Um, and then also, in other uh, news related to the world of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, the fine folks over at Spooky Pinball, who back in July of 2021 uh, released a uh, John Carpenter's Halloween-themed uh, pinball game table, uh, are now putting together uh, an original Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, pinball uh, machine. Uh, it's in the works. Uh, I would start saving your pennies because the Halloween pinball machine uh, was clocking in at $8,995 uh, with $1,500 uh, down payment required. So I would expect well. no less uh, than a similar price point uh, for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre pinball machine. Supple. Is that all? I, I, I saw pictures of that. I put it on the Talking Terror Facebook page. I would love to have it, but, yeah, I don't have that kind of money for the pinball. Um, and, yeah, with Texas Chainsaw 3D, uh, John Dugan, who played Grandpa in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, also reprised his role in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. He just posted a picture of the check that he gets for residuals, you know, whopping 41 cents. No, I think I saw something about that. That's how it's done. Yep, he got he got a whopping forty one cents, and he was like, "I'm going to put this up on eBay and I'll sign it, and I'll just have it, uh, somebody can buy it, and then frame it and hang it up." You know? No, oh, I got John Dugan's visual check from Texas 3D, forty one cents. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that's got to be fun." I don't know about that. I mean, you know, listen, if you can make a couple of bucks by by selling it on uh, on eBay, that'd be cool. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's somebody that would buy it. You know, some super fan want to buy a, a John Dugan uh, check. All right. So what else are we talking about, dude? I will tell you, King of Horror. Uh, Stranger Things five, season five, uh, officially uh, is supposed to start filming in January. Uh, they say that cameras should be rolling either on. January 5th or January 8th, uh, they say that the cast uh, has already assembled in Atlanta uh, for prep and table reads uh, expected to take place uh, within the next uh, week or so. So, uh, you know, as I had said uh, previously, coming out of the strikes, Netflix's top order of business was uh, getting Wednesday and Stranger Things, Wednesday season two and Stranger Things season five into production. Uh, but it's looking like cameras would be rolling in the first week of January. And yeah, like I can't fathom. Uh, did you say 2026, King? It could possibly be. Who knows? Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like late 2025, though, realistically. Probably say something. Uh, yeah, I would, I would expect like that kind of like previous seasons, like that kind of June of 2025, probably. Uh, but I can't. I, you know, like, obviously, uh, you know, 
production has slowed, but you, I feel like the 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 longer it goes on without it airing, uh, you know, the longer it like it's hugely popular, of course. But you know, you don't want it to fade. You got to get this thing done. I think they're gonna crank it. I don't think we'll see it on the screens in 2024, but um, I would I would I would hope or guess for the first half of 2025. That would be my personal guess. For for wait, bro, for which? Season five. Uh, well, again, I mean, I think as of right now, they're thinking uh, winter of 2025 or early 2026 is what they're actually what oh, the yeah. reports are. I was almost right. Yeah, yeah. I, I said 2026. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, again, they're, they're saying winter of either 2025 or early 2026. And if they're going to target that, that same thing where they're going to hit that summer season, then, yeah, we're not going to see it until 2026. Yeah, the delays, the delays crank this shit, big time. That's insane. I, I just made it up on his way, and I was right. Man, that's the Look second that. time today that I won something. I got to fucking play the water. That. I, I won the <laughs> robot game. Yo, you got to say, you're hitting on all fucking cylinders today, see? This is what happens yeah, when you finally let our tax into your heart, King. Yeah, this is what happens when I need to start to show more anger more often. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Arjax, Atax, whatever. Fucking Bastion, the, the baller, or whatever the fuck his name is. I don't know. But still. You're getting confused with Ajax from the Warriors. <laughs> you mean Francis? That Ajax? He's <laughs> in Deadpool. No. No, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting them all mixed up. But yeah. Because didn't we talk about this not that long ago? Like Stranger Things Season 4 was like two years ago or something like that? And I felt like it just happened. I was like, oh, it had to be earlier this year. Then I was like, no, it was like 2022. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I feel like it was like three or four years ago at this point. You know, time has become such a, such a weird fucking concept between all, all of the shit that occurred with COVID and just the way everything seems to be moving these days. I think with all the different, you know what it is? I think I'm just watching too much shit. And I think that's really what it is. is that whereas you used to, kind of relate years to like seasons so like you know like i know that season one will be 2022 season two will be 2023 now that streaming occurs and shit goes like two three years before it fucking arrives again like i'm totally lost on it you know being that being that we're going to be getting the final season of cobra kai i do wonder if targeting that winter 2025 date might be reasonable because they may be looking to throw something into that like new year's Plot that they've been doing the Cobra Kai seasons with. Because that's Wait, so they're saying successful. this is going to be the final season? Yeah, the oh, next season of Cobra Kai yeah. is the final, final. No, for both. For oh. both. Oh, Stranger yeah. Stranger yeah, Stranger that's right. That's right. Next, next seasons are the final seasons. Oh, shit. And okay. I know, and I I know, know from what Netflix is saying, they're going to a weekly release schedule. So there's not going to be any more binging like the entire season in one fucking sitting. You're going to have to, you might for, get for one Cobra or two, you know, like we've seen, but I don't know. I think for all of it, I think they're saying that they're going to start doing that on a more regular basis now where you might get like one or two episodes released originally, and then it's going to go to a weekly thing, just like all the other uh, shows. Oh, they yeah, need to have, I know all they the want to stop people from leaving fucking Netflix. So, yeah, no, you know, I, I, I get the, I get the strategy and everything, but I hope I would, I would hope that, uh, you know, for these 
Netflix anchor series that have been around for both of them for five seasons and are both approaching their final season. Yes, I get that their Netflix might be like, oh, well, we have a built-in audience. We can just keep them on the hook with the weekly release schedule. But the fact that neither of them have been released in that strategy, I feel like would be a bummer for it to happen that way because I could tell you this. Stranger Things, honestly, I don't necessarily mind if it's like you get the first two episodes and then it's a weekly release. Don't really mind. Uh, but, like, I fucking love the 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 times I have had especially like the two December releases on, on New Year's Day, the, the season uh, three and season four during COVID, like uh, mm-hmm. when they would come on New Year's Day and just watching the whole fucking thing. Like I, 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 yep. I, I liked the experience <laughs> of that and would hope to have that again. And look, honestly, like I probably would watch it. I'm saying out loud here that I would maybe wait until it's all there and then binge it. But like, I don't know if I'd be able to contain myself from seeing it, especially if all of you were watching it too and wanting to talk about it. But like, I would hope that they would not change it from the way it's been. I could get it if Netflix is like all of our shows moving forward, you know, weekly releases, but like, don't do it to, to us that have been but not like, that enjoying one. the fucking binge. <laughs> don't, don't do it to the one that Dean wants to binge, man. Now, listen, it makes sense to him. Because look, look, at it, look at it this way, right? They go to a weekly release schedule. Let's say they drop those first two episodes. Like, as it is right now, people binge watch it. You watch it in a weekend. I watch it in a weekend. Some people watch it over the course of a couple days, this and that. You know, it, it, it does create this issue where some people don't want to talk about it. Spoilers start coming out and people get all butthurt and upset about that. But besides that, potential people who might want to, who might maybe be interested in it if, like, they heard about it over the course of time as opposed to, like, your buddy coming in and being like, holy shit, man, I just watched all fucking eight episodes of Cobra Kai and I'm ready to fuck karate again, baby. Like, I think if it's one of those where maybe, like, over the course of, like, two or three weeks, somebody's like, wow, man, did you just catch the latest episode of Cobra Kai? No, you don't have Netflix. You should really go get this, man. This Cobra Kai series is legit. You know, the fourth episode's coming out next week, but you can catch up on the last three ones if you want. And I, I bet you you would find more people maybe be willing to say, hey, you know what, maybe I should fucking sign up and check this thing out. Because it's less Yeah, but it's less to jump into the final season, they would still have five seasons to catch up on, though. I did it with Lost, bro. You know what I mean? Like, when Lost hit its final season, I literally binged five fucking seasons worth of fucking Lost to literally get to the very last episode. The the night that it premiered, I had finished the like the the previous episode to get to that point. Well, damn, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) What? I agree. I'll be back. Okay. Yeah, I, I still haven't gotten through Cobra <laughs> Kai season, whatever it was. Well, you haven't finished got to get on that, dude. You haven't, you're not up to date on Cobra Kai King? No. Are you listening to the I, fifth I, season? I gave up. Uh, you gave up? Whatever the last season was. Whatever the last season was, I didn't finish it. I got tired. I got bored of it. Whoa. Whoa. I don't whatever the All whatever right. the last season was, yeah. I don't remember what I don't remember even what episode I was. I remember telling the monkey, I was like, I'm kinda of bored. It's <laughs> like so I think I'm checking out. I don't know. I'm just I'm not into it. All right, man. I, I, I urge you to reconsider, but you do you. You do you, King. <laughs> yeah, I mean I might have to, I honestly have no problem going back and I might do it before the next season comes out just to catch myself back up, but I don't know. I don't know if it's just a storytelling or whatever. I was just like, uh I don't I don't remember what episode okay. I gave up on. I'm back. The thing is, okay. 
Um, not like it was directed by Zack Snyder, dude. If you like <laughs> all of the craziness that was going on, you know, with your Archie show and, you know, all of the over-top, sh- over-the-top shit that they were doing with fight clubs and this and that, and you loved it because of how crazy it was and so over-the-top, you really need to give Cobra Kai team board a shot. With that mentality, hey, you did, know, that, you know, if, yeah, if Riverdale is... Who What? Did you hear me talk about the last season in Riverdale? <laughs> no, you didn't. Because it was fucking god-awful. Uh, yeah, I but feel I'm like... talking about the, the seasons that the, that you have watched and what how over-the-top they were. You, you... He, didn't, he didn't finish season four of uh, Cobra Kai. No pie. But you enjoyed, but you enjoyed seasons one through three? I did. Okay, so what was it about was that you were enjoying? I think I was just worn okay, out. Listen, I just, I get it. Yeah. Like, it just seemed like to be the same thing over and over again, where it's just like, hey, Danny's doing this, and then Johnny's doing that, and Chosen's doing Like, I don't know. I just kind of, like, Terry Silver, I thought, would kind of be like the one, but no. I kind of dealt with that in season three. I was good. Season four is just kind of just, yeah, I don't know. Like, we're going to make Cobra season Kai five, worldwide. There's, there's five seasons out there, King. So, did you not make, yeah, Terry make it Silver to the did, fifth season? Terry Silver didn't come until the remember. fifth season. Oh, whatever the last season. So, yeah, season five. I, I made it. So, yeah, no, I made it to season five. I think that's where I just got worn out. I think it was just a little bit too much Cobra Kai. And I was just like, I, I'm done. It's, just, it's the same thing so wait, every season. So, wait, there's too much Cobra Kai in your Cobra Kai show? Way too much. <laughs> This is way too much. I don't know. Here's the complaint. Here's the complaint that I would understand. Okay, and again, I, I get it. You know what? Remember, remember who we're talking to here. We're talking to the king. King doesn't have a childhood. King is just a fucking grumpy old man since the day he got squeezed out of his out of Mama G's fucking vagina. Um, sorry for bringing Mama yeah, G's right. vagina up on the air. You know, but listen, I talk about everything, and that's just what happens. Not the first My time. parents <laughs> freebasing that that whole thing. I've been there. Um, <laughs> 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 so my, my my whole point is, right, I could get the complaint that, like, Cobra Kai, which originally went from, like, being this, this tale of Johnny, rebuilding himself, rebuilding Cobra Kai, and trying to make it still be badass, but not, the, not still retain the violent dysfunction that was in the original idea of what Cobra Kai was with, with Crease and stuff like that and build on it. Mm-hmm. I would say my only complaint would be is that we've kind of like delved a little too deep, I feel, back into the Daniel side of things. And like yep. that, we've gotten our Miyagi story. We got all of that in the Karate Kid movies. And I get that we want Daniel and Johnny to, to kind of make amends and all that, but I want all of that from just Johnny's perspective. I really don't want to know yeah. all that much about Daniel's life. I don't want to know all that much about Daniel's kids. I don't want to care. I don't want to care about his fat, chubby kid who became a skinny kid who's now going to be more involved because they were like, hey, remember Daniel has another kid besides his attractive daughter that everybody wants to bang? Um, you know, so like, well, really what I want to see is her and Tori bump donuts, but, you know. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like I want to see him play scissors, scissors, scissors. Into the Cobra Kai <laughs> portion of this, I would be happier. Though I did like how 
this last season kind of did bring in all of the chosen stuff, and, and it got like because I like Terry Silver and I like Chosen, and, and so again I know when I watch Mike it, I'm like, yes, I love this fucking show again. <laughs> but yeah, Mike fucking Barnes, baby. <laughs> but uh, fucking Ronnie Bad Boy, Mike Barnes. You know, did no, you didn't get the Mike fucking Barnes? <laughs> no, he didn't. Spoilers. Oh, well, you're well, fucked. That's what you get. Spoilers. The show was on two <laughs> years spoilers. ago. So spoilers. Yes, spoilers. That's the kind of shit that you always say to me. Oh, I'm sorry. I've been you guys busy. are spoiling this movie that came out. No, like, when I'm like, guys, come on, you're spoiling it. You're like, dude, this movie came out in 2009. I'm like, well, I haven't watched it yet. It's on my Why list. Why haven't you? <laughs> it's on my Why list. Don't you live? I've got a long list of films that eventually I'm gonna, gonna pick. I, you know what? I do the same shit, so I can't say nothing, man. <laughs> yeah, we, all, we all do the We we all do. Uh, we all have. I've long got a long list of movies that I want to watch that I guarantee you I'm never gonna see wrong. Uh, I've got a long list of movies that I'm supposed to always have for when I need to pick a movie for the show that never happens, and I end up going to like some website or finding some random thing on one of the streaming <laughs> services, and I'm like, that's what I'm gonna pick from next week. <laughs> no, for the show, for the show, I try to, you know, I have a long list that's specific for the show that I usually try to to pick from. Uh, it's like when, like, there is some time, like, like, like Wednesday evening is usually like after the show is usually a good time when I have time to sit down uh, by myself and and watch something. And oftentimes during the show, as the show is winding down, I'm like, oh. Like, I haven't seen that movie yet. I'll watch that. Or I haven't seen this movie. I should watch that. Or, oh, I have two episodes left in the season of the show I'm watching. I should watch that. And then I get out there, and I fucking put the TV on, and I'm like, oh, let me watch some of my favorite clips of a show I've seen 35 fucking times. Or let me... Uh, or, 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 or let me... Let me... Yeah, let me scroll... Uh, let me scroll. I'm going to put on Netflix and decide what I want to watch and spend 45 fucking minutes just scrolling the fucking menu, not even not able to make a decision. Yeah, and then, and then by the time he hits play, he hits play, he gets about five minutes Out in, cold. and then it's... Out cold. <laughs> no, I mean, I think we're all guilty of that. I know I do the same thing all the time. Like, you know what? I'm going to fucking watch this show, get it over with, and I'm like, you know what? I really got to check in with my 911 calls on YouTube. And then I'll just fucking lay on the couch and be watching YouTube 911 calls for like two hours. And I'll be like, fuck, i got to go to bed. I didn't even watch that episode Dude. of Cobra Kai. Nah, I'll do it tomorrow. Facebook reels <laughs> end up catching me every fucking time or any of those like clip fucking types of videos, man. I start scrolling through that shit and it's like all of a sudden I'm like just spiraling down this fucking black hole of like fight videos. The, the, or, the real, you know, yeah, the real waterfall. Fucking videos. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All that shit, yep. funny-looking midgets that are fucking flip-flopping around uh-huh. to, like, funny songs. There was some shit Did before with some girl. The one with, that's riding, like, Jingle Bell. The one, the one that's riding the little motorcycle. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I've seen a couple of them. I've seen them get run over. I've seen them not get run over. I've seen them stand on shit. I've seen them fall off of shit. I've seen them get hit by you cars. You see when the motorcycle fall. topples over, but it makes the little squeaky noise? <laughs> yes! <laughs> 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 There's a, bo- a, there's a boxing one. one. There's a boxing one that they did that they replaced the, the hits with squeaky sounds. So, like, every time a punch <laughs> is thrown and lands, it's like a squeaky toy is getting squeaked. Um, but, yeah, like, I'll be through all of that. 
and then I'll be like, all right, you know, finally I'm going to put my phone away and go to sleep. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I'm not tired. I got to jerk off. So then it's like, oh, okay, let me spend the next fucking hour trying to figure out what fucking scene I want to jerk off to on fucking whatever porn site I'm on. And I'll scroll through that for a fucking, you know, again, an hour and change to finally settle on a video that I've seen like fucking, I don't know, 57 times, you know, I could have just went to from the start. But, you know, no, why, why bother with that? That's what I'm saying. You got to play the hits, man. If you're looking for a quick jerk before bed, you got to play the hits. That's what I have. My hits saved in my phone. You know, I just go real quick to that list, and I'm like, there it is, banging out real quick. I know what to expect. I know the part. I'm always looking like. for the unicorn. You know, my, my problem no, is this, right? Like, that. Uh, never. No, that, that's the thing, right? So, like, I don't know about you guys, but like a lot of times, my 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 pump action, right? My pump action, my 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 fire, my fire rate, right? Is increased yeah. <laughs> if, if like, the scene like really turns me on, right? And the problem with scenes that I've like rewatched or seen a number of times, like yeah, they might get the job done, but they're not like revving my engine, like catching like a hot scene for that very first time, where it's like now I got now I got to worry about like did I just spray on the back of my phone? Did I have to matrix dodge some shit like before it hit me in the face? You know, like oh like shit, did matrix? I just spray over on? Did I fucking spray over on the cool girl on accident? Like, do I have to worry about her waking up now because she just took a facial that she wasn't expecting? Like, that kind of shit. You know, like, th- that's, that's what I'm searching for. you just for. tell her, keep an eye you on know? your kids. But instead, you know, instead, like, the, what was it, two nights ago? Two nights ago, I'm, like, laying there, and I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Ultimately, what I ended up settling on was, like, a 1980s movie called Bad Girls that I actually own on DVD because when I was a little kid, I used to steal it from my stepfather's fucking armoire and watch it on VHS. I'm like, oh, and, you know, like, and like, here's the great thing about this movie. Here's the great thing that I realized about this film as I got older and, like, I've watched it a number of times. Every fucking scene in that movie is pretty much like the girl being coerced into sex against her will. And now I understand why I'm such a hmm. sexual deviant because that was the kind of shit that I was jerking off to as a kid. Wait, um, I'm just oh, doing some, reason? <clears throat> uh, some looking here. Uh, is it Bad Girls from 1986, also known as uh, Bad Girls Dormitory, or uh, Bad no. Girls in the Movies? I think No, it's Bad Girls, I think 1983, I want to say, is the movie. It's got Ron Jeremy in it, uh, Gia Paloma. Oh, Ron Jeremy said that should be easy to find. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice yeah, life. okay, except for the couple thousand movies that he did. <laughs> Enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He only did oh, a couple bad thousand. Girls. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, 1981, 1981. Oh, okay, they got 81. So, but yes, every fucking scene. Like, I realized this, like, a couple years ago. I was like, wow, this is all, like, this, this is all basically, like, fucking DNC level shit. Like, every fucking scene. And I'm like... Yeah, but again, as a little kid, to me, I'm watching this and I'm like, oh well, this is how people have sex. Like this, this is the yeah, normal well, thing. You know, there's just, a, you're supposed to take it. There's a whole. <clears throat> there's a whole fucking, you know, and I'm sure those things were in in the 60s and 70s too. But in the 80s too, like there was a whole like a whole slew of those um like you know, women in prison that are subjected to the sexual wants of the sadistic warden and they have to escape, Hell, uh, yep. you know, the there's tons of movies. films like that, that you, yeah, that you catch on cell, cell block, cell block sisters. Uh, yeah, sexploitation films. 
Yeah, no, not not. I'm not talking about black exploitation films. I'm talking like no, the sex, like sex exploitation. Sex exploitation. Yes, yeah, and and not like the soft core like Skinamax late night shit. Like ones that were actually more like real movies, mm-hmm. uh, with with being the big plot. Cage Team, yeah, Purgatory with Tanya yep. Roberts, Jonathan Demme's first yep. movie. Yep, yep, yep. Late that's late late eighties, early nineties. I, I remember catching a lot of that. This was a little less of that, right? But like like catch this. Like the first scene in the film is like uh it's it's a model. It's a, it's a, they're they're all models these shit. And and it's and it's a photo shoot. So like they're doing the photo shoot, it's like the end of the evening, they're getting ready to wrap it all up, it's just the photographer and the chick. You know, so so like all of a sudden as she's like turning off the lights and all this stuff, you know, the guy's like Oh, you know, you look good right there. Let me get a couple of pictures. They start, you know, doing a shoot. She's ready to go, though. And she's like, no, nah, listen, I'm not into it. He starts getting, like, demanding. He's like, no, nah. like, let's go. You know, so she's like, all right, so fine. They turn on the lights. She starts going. And, like, it's literally, like, him coercing her into, like, starting to strip down to the point that he then gets her to, like, move over to a, to a bed set, you know, that, that's there for, for this photo shoot. And, of course, now... Now that she's been doing this, you know, for a couple of minutes, she's, of course, she's turned on now because, you know, obviously any, any woman who's been coerced into stripping down and, and being photographed, you know, by, by, by this, Hell this yeah. fucking, you know, per, perv of a dude. Well, now she's all hot and horny, you know. So as he's coming in for close-ups, you realize that he's also now stripped down all of his clothes, you know, because he did that while he was changing film because he had his clothes on prior, but now he took them all off. And as he goes in for a close-up shot, he then decides to start dining at the Y, and and, and everything goes from there. You know, including like like you know dialogue like, "Oh, I knew you were just a horny bastard, you pervert," and stuff like that. But here again, it's like this whole entire thing is like, "Hey, this guy literally is forcing himself upon this woman, but because she stripped down naked for him, she's turned on and wants it." And like I said, so watching this as a kid, you know, again, like, you know, in your head you're thinking, oh, well, this is what girls want. You know, hey, let's do it. And every fuck scene in that film literally kind of follows a very similar pattern. <laughs> I mean, that's an interesting one. You know, I mean, it's... Oh, I love it. It turns me the fuck on. I don't know. I mean, I just stick with my first sex feature with Jezebel Bond and Veronica Stone. That fucking threesome scene is fucking tits. Like, that's my go-to. Yeah. That could make me go off like a shotgun every time. I don't give a shit. Even if I'm fucking, like, drunk yeah. or lazy, nope. Put that fucking thing on the crank out to, it's like a shotgun blast. No, Northern America doesn't yeah. work for me anymore, man. It's either bra... Like, it has to be mm. either, like... So, there's a few browser scenes that are, like, good, good yeah. for me. But really, a lot of it is, like, the um, pure taboo. Or some of the teams that works. Sis swap, mom swap, daughter swap, you know, fucking like out of family type stuff. That family stuff. Yeah, but like you but again, really the team skeet stuff is really what does it. There's a couple scenes on there where it's like <laughs> Zang. Like fucking Mike Myers level <laughs> double thumbs up, Zang. Oh yeah, no, the the especially the mom swap, we talked about that, but yeah, Team Skeet's pretty good with all their fucking their fucking categories, you know. I just I love the fucking mom swap just because halfway through you're fucking laughing from from the dialogue. Oh my god, can you believe your mom sucking my cock? I can't believe your mom's sucking my cock. All right. Fucking high five. Oh, don't shit. don't look at me, Johnny. Don't look at me right now, you know, and then five minutes later she's like, Oh, you know, my stepson's cock kinda looks good fucking my friend and it's like, well, okay. Whore, whore. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, it's just, it's, 
And then at the very end, it's like, hey, how about we do our own stuff? There's one double (laughs) penetration scene in that entire Mm site for the the Mom Swap series. But when I say it's, like, hysterical, it's fucking, like, hysterical. Like, the whole premise is, like, a comet coming down, and it's going to destroy the world. So these two (laughs) stepmoms decide to, like, de-virginize their kids, which then turns into, like, the one kid shoving his dick up the the stepmom's ass. But, like, her reaction to it is, like, oh, I can't believe my stepson's fucking my ass right now. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like I, I love dialogue I, when it's re- it's when it's mm. that way I'm like yeah I'm not fucking coming I'm laughing <laughs> it's just so hard not to fucking laugh at some of the fucking dialogue that goes on in this <laughs> like oh, like they're the one, the Halloween one I just watched, where the fucking two guys are sitting with their stepmoms and the mom's like I dropped my phone and then she starts blowing the fucking kid I'm like oh okay <laughs> Like, he doesn't notice that you're fucking sitting in the blanket and getting blown. He's like, I dropped my phone, too. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, right. <laughs> I fucking love the dialogue. And mom swap scenes. It's amazing. Well, I know the recent one that they on did track. for the uh, for the daughter swap one, they actually, the last thing, you know, they had, like, they did a Halloween one, too, in which they kind of played on the Wednesday Adams thing. You know, I mean, a little too, little too late, I think, you know, but they have this one chick, Summer Cole, who I guess they figured could, could double as her. She's like a little thick Latina girl. No, I think I saw that. I'm not sure, because there was one I saw it was a foursome. It was uh, Gomez, Morticia, Wednesday, and Pugsley. It was like a four-way. And I was like, oh, okay. it's not bad. And I was like, it's a pretty good scene. It might have been that one. No, I think that was like a year or so ago. So I think it was before yeah, Wednesday. Now, but... this, this one came out just a couple, a couple, like maybe a month and a half ago, two months ago, and it's like her and whoever the blonde friend is in the show. Mm-hmm. So like the blonde friend is all like happy perky and Wednesday's Wednesday. And, you know, obviously they're of course. that that's are going to do what their stepdads are going to do. Well, they have to. I mean, it's, it's what else they going to do. But all right, uh, getting back on track, Dean, what else are we talking about with horror news? Indeed. Now that we're done with the pornographic section in, of the show. Indeed. <laughs> it was one that lasted. Stephen King's Dollar Baby program is ending after 40 years. <laughs> Uh, if you don't know what wow. the Stephen King Dollar Baby already? program is, I'm no. Uh, it is ending. Uh, it is ending now. Uh, for those of you that might not right know now? what the Stephen King Dollar Baby program, it will this month. Uh, program is uh, Stephen King lets student filmmakers uh, create films from any of his short stories that don't already have. Uh, legitimate sold rights uh, to for just a dollar with the stipulations uh, that they cannot be exhibited commercially without approval and that Stephen King gets a copy of the film. The reason that this program is ending is very simple. The person who runs this program, who's known as Margaret, the mistress of the dollar babies, is retiring. Uh, they say that all existing contracts uh, will be extended uh, and honored for an additional year, uh, and no, but no extensions will be given to any contract that was signed uh, from December 1st uh, on uh, of this year. So uh, all existing agreements will be honored with some, uh, again, with some extensions uh, available, so uh, hmm. that is what is going on in that particular world. So, 
um, at first I was like, I, like I've heard of this program before, but didn't really know the details. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously it sounds like that Stephen King's name is on it, but he doesn't really have much to do with it in the day to day. And it just sounds like, it just sounds very simple. The person who runs the program is retiring. So with that goes the end of the program. Yeah. That program has been going on since like the late seventies, early eighties, where Stephen King would allow his short stories to be made into uh, short films or features by uh, up-and-coming filmmakers. They kind of want to make a name for themselves. I think the most famous one was 81, uh, The Boogeyman, uh, which just got remade earlier this year. So that was an interesting one. But, yeah, the, the dollar babies are a big thing. Cause Stephen King has always been about that. Like, if, if you can make a good short out of one of my short stories, you know, go for it. I'm not going to stop you. you know, so it was a great program for filmmakers. But <clears throat> sad to see it ending. You know, there's already been enough big screen adaptations for Stephen King, where I'm sure he's just waiting for that money truck to roll in for the next one. Because I know Welcome to Dairy comes out in 2025, so you know he's going to get paid for that. But interesting. But all right, Dean, what else are we talking about? The <clears throat> A24, uh, who has just been cranking them out uh, one after the next, has struck a deal uh, where... All of the films, just the films, uh, in films. the A24 catalog uh, are going to be uh, getting exclusive access on the HBO, uh, HBO Max and Cinemax networks and streaming services uh, before any opportunities to stream anywhere else. This is a multi-year deal. For just the films of A24, A24 can still develop shows uh, for other networks and streamers, uh, but they have struck this exclusive streaming deal. Uh, you know, it's part of the Warner Brothers Discovery family of streamers and whatnot, but it's for HBO and Max and, and Cinemax. Oh, yeah, it's very interesting. I heard about that recently. I know that the uh, Iron Claw, about the Von Erichs, supposed to uh, yep. debut in sometime in 2024 on Max. So <clears throat> that might be my trip with the ghoul, though, to see that when it yeah. comes out. Fuck yeah, I was going to say, man, we're it. supposed to go see that shit together, man. Yeah, I'm still down for it. I'd love to fucking see the, the Iron Claw movie. So, yeah, we're going to have to make a trip to uh, King of Prussia and check it out. It's coming. Uh, the, the, the release date is December 22nd, so it's right around the corner. Oh, yeah, no. It's coming up. Yeah, it's next weekend. So, yeah. I was super tempted. I was super tempted to make the trip to the King of Prussia fucking theater this past weekend. You know, I was was sitting Mm. there fighting back and forth, you know, to take the hour drive to go over there to uh, to do Godzilla minus one in the 4DX theater. You know that. uh, I feel like that would be like the perfect film to do that. You know, shaking seats, fucking smoke effects, all kinds of crazy shit going on. I think that shit would be dope. That probably would be fucking awesome. So. But, all right, yeah, it's a cool deal with Acorn. But all right, so what else are we talking about, Dean? Uh, Marvel. Dean. Marvel, partnering with Bethesda Software, uh, has announced the Blade video game. Motherfucker. Uh, which will be seeing Blade <laughs> take his vampire-slaying <laughs> talents to Paris, 
Uh, they're calling this a mature huh? single-player third-person game. And, mm. uh, you know, the, the development on uh, uh, this Blade video game has just started uh, with no timetable for completion or release. But given uh, how much turmoil uh, has surrounded the, the Blade film, uh, it will be interesting to see which one actually sees the light of day first. Uh, will it be the Blade game or the Blade film? Well, how they got they got back to working on it again, but uh, I mean, yeah, well, again, it depends on. Bethesda is known for taking their time with games. Um, yes, you know, true. It, it, yeah. it is a it is a weird choice of of developer, though. You know, I mean, these are the guys that make the Elder Scrolls, Fallout, and like Starfield. You know, they make big world single player games that are like open world. Stuff, you know, so it's uh, mm-hmm. is 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 a weird one for that. I mean, are we going to get an open Again, world fucking vampire hunting a, cityscape? A or single what? player. It's just a <laughs> single player third person game that will take place in Paris. Okay, so are we going to get a full city to explore full of vampires? Those are the details you know, that I have to share with you. Thank you for your details. Now I will hypothesize, motherfucker. <laughs> Go right ahead. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I just, I just hope it retains, like, you know, the, the feeling of what Blade is, which should be dark, ominous, and I, I also hope that they do eventually get this. Violent. I'm just talking to somebody about this recently. It's like, you know, like, what I would really like to see them start doing here is working on, like, a, a Marvel dark universe, you know, something that's not necessarily, mm-hmm. like, it could be taking place in the same universe as all the other shit that we got going on, like Secret Wars and stuff like that. But, like, let's work towards getting some Midnight Sun shit going on, you know? Uh I think it gives us something for Doctor Strange to do. I think it gives us, you know, the ability to throw in Blade and Moon Knight and all these other guys that have been introduced now who may not, like, I don't know, like, in my opinion, like, just may not necessarily be easy to to fit into our bigger storylines, like fucking Secret Wars and stuff like that. Like, how does Moon Knight gel well with Ant-Man and things of that nature, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. All right, anyone else we're talking about? It says, uh, hold on, I just saw some additional additional um, <laughs> information. It says that the Blade game will actually take players to a quarantine section of Paris in the middle of a supernatural emergency. Uh, vampires have emerged, terrorizing the City of Lights and forcing Persians to shelter inside their homes at night to wait for sunrise. Oh, allez-vous. <laughs> And with this information, and I hadn't seen, I, I hadn't seen this, yeah, <laughs> this, um, this release date listed anywhere, but apparently uh, the Blade film has a release date of November 7th, 2025. That'll yeah. change. They'll move, move it again. We've had dates a couple of times now. Yeah, that's tentative. That's, yeah, it's not... That's not actual. That, that's probably going to change at least one or two more times. But uh, all right, Dean, what else are we talking about? It's been confirmed uh, that on Peacock, the Twisted Metal uh, series is going to have a second season. Hmm. I, I still have two episodes left of that, but yeah, looking forward to it. I still have to. Yeah, I have to get back to it too. Been too busy yeah. watching. Everything else. 
That's the way I feel. And I was enjoying it. I wasn't having a bad time. I just haven't finished it yet. So I'm looking forward to checking it out. I'm still a little bit hurt in the feelings of like having Samoa Joe playing the character, but not having mm. him voice the character. Like I just, I feel like that's it's so, so unfair. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Because I mean, he could do the body, he could do the voice too. I don't because he's always been great on the mic too. So never yeah. a problem with him on the mic, you know. So <clears throat> weird if they only want him for the body. But season two, <clears throat> who knows? Maybe they'll change that up and be like, you know what, Samoa Joe, you could fucking do the voice too. Hell yeah. No, man. Uh, yeah. No, no, because Hollywood and shit loves fucking Will Arnett. So they're going to f- fucking yeah. have him doing shit. They, they like, for some why. reason, really love his fucking voice. It's like. I mean, he's got to work. Yeah. He's uh, got to work cheap, right? Like, that, that's got to be what it is. Because, like, I probably. don't get, like, I don't get the humor with that guy. Like, I've never really seen anything where I've found him funny. No, yeah, because even, even on the American version of Lego Masters, like, he just annoys the living fuck out of me, which is why I prefer the Australian version way better. <laughs> the, okay, the better one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, anyone else we're talking about? Also, uh, returning for a second season, uh, I know the monkey will be excited okay. about this. Uh, Squid Game The Challenge okay. uh, Season 2 oh. has been confirmed No <laughs> <laughs> I heard, I heard no. you loved it Monkey I didn't even watch an episode yet So, <laughs> Man Okay You're such a fan I Yeah I watched it And uh, Yeah Ghoul why don't you go ahead and unplug for a minute then If you're going to watch it <laughs> Oh Oh no please Please, it's okay. You can you can spoil away, my friend. I have like zero. Oh, okay. If I have it, I'm gonna yet, fucking I'm spoil away. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil this because I'm so like fucking mad. It is is because they like spoiler alert. They 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 go around. At, yes, yeah. Major fucking spoilers. I'm gonna spoil the fuck out of this show. Um, yeah. They go around, and if you die, you get. They, everyone goes around with squibs on them, and then the squib pops on your chest. Okay, the squibs are black, I guess, therefore to make it family friendly. And then if you get shot, your char- you and your character in this show are supposed to play dead right there on the spot while people are supposed to continue around your dead body. Okay, so you have to watch all these people playing dead, okay, and when they start off, it's they start off red light, green light, just like in the show, and it's just fucking horrible. And it's just... And then they go and make the games so that they're family, or uh, sorry, not family friendly, friendly to people of different ages. So, like, there's no fucking tug of war or anything like that. Uh, when you get to the bridge, it's like they fucking bullshitted that way through it. Uh, and I was just so fucking mad because I wanted to see this show because we, you know, the dean had reported, you know, about how. Everyone was so upset, you know, yeah. while doing the show and the grueling circumstances, and it was so fucking horrible. And I was there watching it, and I'm like, uh, no, you got fucking food. People were even stealing extra food, and there were no consequences to it like there was in the actual fucking Squid Game. And then we get 
to the fucking edge here, because I'm going to fucking spoil this, is we get to the fucking edge, and holy shit, we get to the actual squid game. And it's between a young person and an older person, an old person. You know, and I'm like, oh shit, how the fuck are we going to do this? It's a, you know, we're actually getting Squid Game, and it's an old person and a young person. This young person's going to beat the living fuck out of them in the Squid Game. No, it's not actual fucking Squid Game. Instead of fucking Squid Game, they, tur- they literally turn it into fucking rock, paper, scissors. They end the oh. fucking Squid Game up <clears throat> with fucking rock, paper, scissors. And I, like, was literally up and, like, screaming and shit. I was like, are you fucking kidding me like um like all the grueling shit that was supposed to happen in this thing because i've you know seen the original show and it's just in comparison i was like this was just so fucking weak and lacking but then all the people that were bitching about their grueling conditions on this fucking show and i was like well how fucking weak were these fucking people it's like god damn i tried out for the show i sent the thing in it's like if they put me on there man i would have been like whipping everybody's ass on this fucking thing holy shit ah show sucks so bad do not waste your time watching it See, okay. me, I was out after I heard they weren't going to actually kill people. Like, once I heard that, like, you know, that the show wasn't going to actually have murder involved in it, I was like, I'm mm. not watching. was not interested anymore. No, I completely agree. Yeah, no deaths was kind of a big out for me, but there's going to be a season <laughs> two. So let's, let's see if they play tic-tac-toe for the ultimate squid game in uh, season two. Uh, yeah, but, uh, uh, yeah, or, you know, you can break out a deck of cards Monopoly. and play war. <laughs> <laughs> Squidopoly Monopoly. But then anyway, uh, so is that it for you, Dean? Or is that it, or do you have anything else you want to talk about? Going, going. I think that would be all. We don't have any more news. Maybe he, yeah, maybe he muted Let's his mic because he really wants to watch Squid Game. <laughs> no, um, well, right. well, I mean, I guess we could just get into uh, the movie here tonight. Uh, Blue Velvet from 1986, directed by David Lynch. Uh, to give you a little thought about uh, what's going on, um, college student Jeffrey Beaumont returns home after his father has a stroke. When he discovers a severed ear in an abandoned field, Beaumont teams up with the detective's daughter, Sandy, uh, to solve the mystery. They believe beautiful lounge singer Dorothy Valens may be connected with the case, and Beaumont finds himself becoming drawn into her dark, twisted world, where he encounters sexually depraved psychopath Frank Booth. Um, I wanted to pick this movie not only because I fucking adore Blue Velvet as a movie. I really do. I mean, it's not my favorite David Lynch. My favorite David Lynch movie is Wild at Heart, but uh, Blue Velvet is great, I think. Um, I know it's not necessarily horror, but it's a thriller. And uh, since Monkey and his tenure is coming to a close, uh, Talking Terror, I wanted my final pick with him on the show to be something uh, that we could talk about because we both – have a love of David Lynch. Uh, we connected when we first met through David Lynch in Twin Peaks. He was the Cooper to my Cole. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to do it for him. So <laughs> that's why I picked this. Uh, but going into that, uh, Ghoul, what did you think about Blue Velvet? Uh, so, okay, I've, ne- I've never watched this movie before. Uh, first oh, time wow. viewing. See, that's I, why I, I said I, no spoilers. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> Admittedly, admittedly, I am not uh, a fan of David Lynch, uh, his style, 
his filmmaking, mm-hmm. most of his casting, uh, all of it. Um, it's just it's, and, and I and I feel it like with this movie, you know. Like I I didn't hate the film. Don't get me wrong. Like when the, when the movie it? was over, uh, now when the movie was over, I was like, all right, you know what? I could see. I see why this film is like considered art. You know, this is one of those artistic movies, and he's got a style. It's almost like watching a fucking Tim Burton film. You know what I mean? Where like it's you mm-hmm. know that it's this particular person's type of film, and and you know it's got its its specific hallmarks and 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 acting and performances and things. I did enjoy some of the performances, like in the film, but you know, for the most part, I feel like it was like a I don't know. I guess I've seen plenty of detective stories over the years. So, um, yeah, it's it's a movie. Yeah, it's it, a movie. It, it, I mean, I I didn't like. I said I I didn't pick this movie because I was like, oh, I hope they like it or hope whatever. And not one of those revenge picks. It was just because, like I said, the, you know, the, the monkey's leaving, and I kind of wanted to go out with Blue Velvet. With I don't, him, don't, uh, don't remind but, me. It makes me sad. But, I know, but we'll we'll get through it. We'll get through Blue Velvet. I mean, there's a lot of fucky fucky going on with Frank Not Blue. Blue Velvet. That's fun. The monkey leaving your bonehead. Oh well, we're talking about Blue Velvet too. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, Dean, what do you think about Blue Velvet? Uh, this is one also that I uh, had never seen before, and uh, the first time I, I yeah, and I have uh, you know that I that I got when I was a, a teenager. I have a like a hardcover horror movie book, it's just something called like the book of horror movies or something, and there was something about it in there, and then I feel at the time, like I did some reading about it and at whatever section of life I was at, I was like, well, one, this doesn't sound like a horror movie, um, and nor does it sound like something I might be interested in watching, and it might have been like, you know, 13 at the time, but um, I do remember in one of my old stupid stoner favorites, Biodome, uh, when uh, Pauly Shore and uh, and Stephen Baldwin, they quote uh, Biodome, and Pauly Shore goes, "Look, it's me. I'm Dennis Hopper from Bill Blue Velvet. Oh, I'm slutty. Oh, I'm slutty." Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, this is one of those like this like the weird shit. You know, like I remember the time the, the time for the first time when I watched um, not Biodome, uh, Videodrome with with the ghoul. It's just like one of those mm. weird fucking fever dream, strange fucking movies from this time period. Uh, you know the hallmark of 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 um, you know Lynch type shit uh, with a with a with a you know a sick crazy performance from Dennis Hopper um, who Mama uh, you know yeah who like hadn't even gotten the the wide ranging like more uh, like wide stream popularity he had gotten uh, as he got older. Uh, you know, in his older years after this, in the late 80s and into the 90s and, 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 and so on. So, um, but anyway, getting back to it, um, it's so strange seeing uh, performers, uh, you know, so young that I know from things when they're much older. Um, and even though, uh, you know, he's playing, right, he's back from college, right? He's playing a college student. Yes. And Laura yeah. Dern's character is like, is like a high school student. Like they look like she, you know, yeah, and like came for many movies, but they look like fucking. And she was only eighteen when they made this, but like she looks like, like yeah, they look like, like grown ups. But Kyle, yeah. Kyle, um, Kyle McLaughlin is a grown up. He's like twenty six at this point. Uh, like, right, like, right. To me, 
Kyle McLaughlin has never looked young. He's one of those people mm. where he always looks old. And it's like, you know, like, it's funny, but, like, there's, like, comparative actors, I feel like, sometimes, right? And I know maybe their performances are different and they look different. But, like, every time I see Kyle McLaughlin, I think of Rob Lowe. And it's like, okay, hey, we can't get the hot guy that all the girls want to see. Let's call Kyle and see if he wants a job. You know, because, like, he might take <laughs> on something that, like, Rob Lowe wouldn't do. I kind of think of that in the same way as, like, in the, in the 90s. There was, like, Paul Rudd. And then there was that actor, uh, Campbell Scott, who was in, like, singles and stuff like that. And it's like Campbell Scott is, like, the serious version of, like, Paul Rudd. Like, I could just mix and match the two of them, except, like, you know, obviously, like, Paul Rudd is, is now, we realize, a cyborg. And he's going to live forever. But, uh, you know, because that fucking <laughs> man hasn't aged, aged a day since the fucking 90s. And Campbell Scott is old as shit. Campbell Scott. <laughs> Well, he was just in Jurassic uh, World, yeah. fucking Dominion, whatever the latest Jurassic World movie was. So, but anyway, um, you know, this played to me more like a, like kind of like a mystery noir type film. Uh, you know, Dennis Hopper was great. Um, I'm glad that I saw it for sure. Um, so thank you for the pick. Um, I won't say that mm-hmm. this one was like in parentheses uh, or air quotes on my list. Um, but it is something that I, I've, I've known, oh, I should, I should check out at some point in time. So, um, you know, it's just a weird movie. Yeah, yeah, we will get into it. Uh, but, Monkey, what did you think about Blue Velvet, since we are the two guys that have uh, seen it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is um, my sixth time seeing it. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> first of all, anything with Dennis Hopper I fucking love. Like I, mm-hmm. I love Dennis Hopper, especially when he he's over the the top Dennis Hopper. You know, especially like you know when he he's in sh- shit like Waterworld or even Space Truckers. You know, <laughs> or uh, My Science Project. I fucking love him and those kind of I fucking zany love to, My the, Science Project. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know, right, man? <laughs> awesome fucking movie. Oh, you, that nobody you, you didn't like him in Waterworld. <laughs> I said Waterworld. He oh, did. Okay, okay. Sorry, 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 my bad. Yeah, my yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. Especially, especially fucking Waterworld, man. <laughs> Running the smokers and all that kind of stuff. Hell yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, and then you get him as just this added bonus in this world that David Lynch is building up. And me, it's like when when I watch Blue Velvet, I think it's like you know this is the prototype for in at least in my opinion anyway like a prototype of twin peaks like this is david lynch (laughs) figuring out stuff tweaking it here and there it's like because we um take that and then take well at heart and then mash those together throw them into suburbia and then they become what's going to become twin peaks it's like those two the, you know, these two movies, you know, strike me as just David Lynch had an idea of him wanting to do this, you know, long <clears throat> opera about things being distorted in small town USA. And this was him just playing with it, figuring out his style, and then was going to get with Frost and build what was going to yeah. become Twin Peaks. So it's like, you know... This is how I took it. It's just prototype experimenting and seeing, like, you know, what worked, what didn't work, you know. But then 
blue velvet on its own is this <clears throat> weird ass, you know, sexy, d- distorted movie where it's like, you know, David Lynch being David Lynch, and sometimes you, somebody needs to tell David Lynch, maybe you don't need to be David Lynch 100% of the time. <laughs> maybe you need to tell it back just a little bit. You know how I am, man. I like David Lynch, but you have to give him a limit sometimes. You know, yeah. Sometimes he needs but, to be told no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes he needs to be told no. But then, at the same time, though, it's when he does his uh, projects, he always has awesome soundtracks that I always fucking love. It's like his music selections <laughs> that he chooses for these projects that he does. Like I just absolutely fucking love. He just has these ways of. Finding these notes and tones that just, you know, creep into you and stick with you, and then you're like, fuck, now i got to go check out the soundtrack. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Kill it. Kill it. So what did you think of Twin Peaks? I mean, Lumberton. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I already gave my thoughts, so I'm going to get into Lumberton itself, North Carolina, uh, which is where Jeffrey Beaumont is returning home from college when his father suffers a near-fatal stroke. He's staying with his mother and Aunt Barbara while he takes over working at the local hardware store that his father owns. While walking home one day, he's walking through a vacant lot. He discovers a severed ear buried underneath some overgrown grass, and he decides he's going to put it in the Leftover from Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) Mr. Blonde is there. So Jeffrey takes the ear to the police station and speaks to Detective John Williams, where he knows as a neighbor, and the two take the ear to a coroner for further investigation. So later that evening, Jeffrey goes to Williams' house to get some further details about everything. He finds the detective evasive about the case and receives a stern warning from Williams not to talk about what he found to anyone because it might jeopardize an ongoing investigation. Outside the house, however, Jeffrey meets the detective's daughter, Sandy. She tells him a name that he overheard from her father, a woman being investigated, Dorothy Valens, a singer who also lives in the neighborhood. So the following day, Jeffrey decides to pick up Sandy from her high school, and then they go to a diner where Jeffrey devises a plan to sneak into Dorothy's apartment. This involves him being an exterminator, and they decide, I'm just going to drive over and do it. So Dorothy lets Jeffrey in, believing that he is, in fact, an exterminator to spray for bugs. Unexpectedly, a man dressed in a yellow jacket knocks on Dorothy's door while Jeffrey's in the kitchen, and Jeffrey takes this advantage of the distraction to steal Dorothy's spare keys to her apartment. So the evening comes, and Jeffrey takes Sandy to Dorothy's performance at the Slow Club, where Jeffrey pretty much fucking acts condescending to her while talking about why Heineken is the best fucking beer in the world. Well, my father but drinks not Budweiser. Knowing how to uh, fucking, beers. But not knowing no, no, how, how to, to fucking pour it. Pour it. <laughs> no one no. knows how to no. pour fucking beer in this movie. <laughs> Nobody. Fucking and I think that's David Lynch who <laughs> doesn't know how to pour beer, so he's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm just trying to make a weird movie, and you guys, uh, you know, just pour it, pour it. I don't care, pour it. So anyway, <laughs> following the Blue Velvet performance by Dorothy, Jeffrey sneaks into Dorothy's apartment to snoop around. Sandy's parked outside of the building as a lookout just in case of Dorothy returning. She tells Jeffrey that she will honk four times as a warning to get out, but of course, Jeffrey had way too much Heineken and decides to take a piss, and just as he flushes the toilet, that's when she sees Dorothy coming home with a guard and honks that horn. But being the loudest fucking toilet in all of Lumberton, he can't hear the horn. So he is stuck in this place as Dorothy comes in. He only has seconds to hide in the closet of the living room when he hears Dorothy approaching and unlocking the door. 
He watches her speak to a man named Frank over the phone, and she asks if she could speak to someone very desperately. She then prepares for Frank's arrival by putting on a blue velvet robe. However, Jeffrey makes a noise in the closet, and Dorothy, wielding a knife, finds him hiding and threatens to hurt him. When she realizes he's merely a curious boy, she assumes his intentions are sexual in nature and is excited by and his And she blows him. And then she gives him a little Okay. Okay, so now we start to get into the cheekiness here, uh, you know, and I'm yeah. like, you guys, uh, Dean and Ghoul, you know, where, uh, you know, this is like David Lynch being weirdly uncomfortable trying to do sexy stuff. How, how are you guys feeling about <laughs> this, this shit going down? Dean? Take off your pants. Okay. Yes. Yeah. He's comfortable. He took off He's her cool. pants. Um, so, so like, okay, for me, so like, again, I've never seen this Naked. movie, but I have seen, you know, David Lynch films before. Particularly, the one that comes to mind is Wild at Heart. Um, and in I that movie, there's a, yeah. there is a scene with Laura Dern where she's getting like fingers. Mm-hmm. And I remember so when I was good. younger, I totally fucking jerked off to that scene. You know, like I ended up catching <laughs> that on like on, like, Cinemax one night, and, like, you know, I was hoping for, like, a Cinemax film, and it's obviously not that, but it had that scene in it, and I'm like, yes! I found what I need. Um, There's so much <laughs> fucking in that movie, I love so, it. <laughs> so the hypersexualization happening in this film, and particularly with this character, totally not unexpected. Um, you know, again, like, I, I feel like we've been introduced to, like I said, you know, like, like, this guy, Lynch, has his style. You know, you're going to get weird characters that are kind of, like, dour. They're, they're almost, it almost feels like this is a world, and I feel like all of Lynch's worlds, where it's almost like it's a world with no happiness. Like, even the young Yo, girl, yeah. you know, Laura Dern, who is, you know, mm-hmm. I guess supposed to be our freshest-faced character, obviously has a dark side herself, you know, as she's, like, you know, already goo-goo-ga-ga for this guy that just came home from college, who, I mean, I know she knows him because, like he says to, to the you know to the to the police guy or whatever, you know, tell Sandy I said hi before he walks walk yeah. out the door. But like she's ready to drop her boyfriend Mike in like a second to get with this guy. Oh, um, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Mike. You know, so so I think what happens next in this sequence, and again, not unexpected, but I think is kind of the more. Uncomfortable oh, so portion, good. which is Dennis Hopper <laughs> yeah. coming in and just Dennis mm. Hoppering all over this movie, you know. And and again, like if you've seen Dennis Hopper in the '80s, like this is kind of where, yeah. like he's always been an intense guy, you know. And even throughout the '60s and, and movies of that time, you know, like he always had an intensity about him. But he got yeah. weird in the '80s or weirder, let's yeah, say. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, a lot weirder. Again, you. You have shit like this. You have shit like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. You know where like it's just like, oh, yeah. hey, I'm over the top Dennis Hopper, and I feel like Left this, end, right? this this is kind of like that start, the revitalization of him getting roles yeah. that I think is going to really hit its pinnacle when he gets the big role in Speed. You know, and I feel like that mm-hmm. really is like the major role that ends up like being the big hit that like he had never been in prior. You know, like Easy Rider stuff like that were all like. Don't get me wrong, they're all hits, they're all pop culture hits, but like Speed mm-hmm. is like a is like a, a regular person's type of movie, you know, like everybody had seen Speed, you know, like it's it's a major blockbuster. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Summer blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Definitely not and, Super Mario Brothers. 
No, no. Oh. <laughs> even that yeah. had a hint of Frank Booth. And when I saw like Super Mario Brothers, like you know, as a teenager, I'm like, you know what, it's kind of like Frank Booth. But anyway, no, this is where he's fucking chewing up the scenery because Frank Booth enters the room. So of course Jeffrey has to go back into the closet and hide. So Frank Booth enters, um, and Dorothy urges Jeffrey to go back in, um, and Frank immediately starts fucking cursing at her. Don't fucking look at me. Don't fucking look at me. And she sits down in the chair to spread her legs. And, of course, Isabella Rossellini is naked underneath that robe. He didn't know that. For real. That she was completely nude. <laughs> so, yeah, he was seeing her pussy and her tits, and he didn't know that that was going to happen. So he's kind of, like, reacting to it in the scene. Um, but he keeps playing it off, and he's demanding to be called Daddy. Um, he takes a drink, and then he pulls out his breathing mask so he can huff some nitrous, which gives him fucking excited to the point where he's down on his knees saying, baby wants to fuck, baby wants to fuck, don't fucking look at me, don't fucking look at me. So she shoves a piece of her robe into his mouth, which both enrages him and then turns him the fuck on. So he just dry humps the fuck out of her until he comes in his pants. And then he's like, all right, I'm fucking done, don't fucking look at me. And he leaves the fucking room just like that, like a whirlwind hurricane, Frank Booth's gone. So Jeffrey emerges from the closet and then puts uh, Dorothy onto the couch, and then she urges him to stay and sleep with him. Please hit me. And he's like, I don't want to do that. So he quickly dresses and leaves and has to go home. So the next night, Jeffrey meets back up with Sandy and tells a very censored version of what happened at uh, Dorothy's apartment. But also he thinks that Frank might have kidnapped Dorothy's husband, Don, and young son, little Donnie, and he's holding them hostage to extort sexual favors from Dorothy. Um, and then keep in mind really quickly that Blue Velvet originally was supposed to be four hours. And uh, David Lynch had to cut yeah. two. And uh, a lot yep. of it, there was a lot more of Donnie and Don, you know, and, and more of the sexual exploitation of Dorothy. But it got cut. Um, but anyway, um, so the following evening, Jeffrey once again observes Dorothy's show at the Slow Club, where she performs Blue Velvet yet again. Frank is also at the club. Uh, with Raymond, Paul, and Hunter. Raymond being played by Brad Dorf, who we all fucking love, Chucky, and Paul being played by um, he was also in Dune. Jack Nance. He was also in Dune, <laughs> yes. And Jack Nance, who played Pete Martell in Twin Peaks, who tragically yep. was murdered um, back in the 90s. And that's why he's no longer with us. Uh, that's sort of a donut shop. That's a long story. But <laughs> I love fucking Jack Nance. So especially playing Paul. Um, Paul. <laughs> that fucking guy, like, you know, just his fucking reactions to everything. Um, so he watches the gang uh, leave uh, Frank's apartment and go to an industrial, uh, industrial area. And then later we see him picking up Sandy from school, and he tells her that he began staking out the building and secretly photographing Frank and his visitors, which include the man in the yellow jacket, a.k.a. the yellow man, and a well-dressed man, clearly fucking Dennis Hopper, looking like Burt Reynolds. Uh, but that'll come up towards the end of the movie. Uh, he has an alligator briefcase. So he also follows Frank to a location where he's seen posting in the distance to a gruesome drug murder crime scene investigation. And that's when the two, share, uh, the two Sandy and Jeffrey, share a kiss. Um, and she apologizes to Jeffrey for getting wrapped up in all this. Keep in mind, they're not dating yet. They're just kind of budding. So what happens next is not that big of a deal. But it will become a big deal in the third act. So Jeffrey goes to Dorothy's apartment later, and they have sex, this time indulging in Dorothy's demands that he hit her, and he fucking just smacks the shit out of her and notices that she's smiling. Cracks that tooth. Cracks that tooth. (laughs) Of course, cracks it with no problem. But just as he's leaving, Frank and his thugs arrive at the building, 
and Frank forces them all to accompany him on a fucking joyride. So they're all going to go visit Ben, who's a suave, feminine person and partner in crime. What kind of beer do you drink? Heineken? Fuck this that is shit. Pat's Blue Ribbon. It's out. It's fucking out. Okay, I don't care how yes, many things is. I see Dean Stockwell in. Otherwise, Dean Stockwell. Man, he, is for, he is forever fucking Al from fucking, you know, from uh, Quantum, Quantum League, man. <laughs> yep. But he is so fucking good as fucking Ben in this fucking movie. Like, I, yeah, I know Quantum Weep, but I fucking love him. He's just so fucking great. He was like, uh, yes, uh, Frank is in need some glasses. And uh, why don't you go ahead and go get him some cold beer, please? Mm-hmm. And his weird 1960s fucking, like, women that <laughs> live in this apartment with the, the you know, horn glasses. They're just like, okay. Then fucking Raymond and everybody enters. Um, Jeffrey overhears Frank talking to Ben about their accomplice named Gordon to murder the drug courier in order to steal drugs. Frank then allows Dorothy to see her captive son in a back room, and Jeffrey overhears her pleading with her son to remember that she's the mother. Like, I'm your mother. Please listen to me. And then, of course, at Frank's request, Ben lip-syncs Roy Orbison's In Dreams. Again, a <laughs> fucking weird David Lynch moment in this movie because, of course, Ben's lip-syncing and dancing along to In Dreams. But if you look at the background, Brad Dorf as Raymond is fucking dancing with a snake on top of the couch mm. for no mm-hmm. fucking yep. reason. <laughs> doesn't ever come back up. He's just doing that. And Frank is staring at Ben with this look of, like, happiness, but also anger and also sadness to the point where Ben realizes that he might fucking flip out, so I'm going to stop. And that's when Frank decides that they're going to go on another fucking high-speed joyride. Let's hit the fucking road. I'll fuck anything that moves. <laughs> and if you've seen Clerks, you know where Jay gets that line from. <laughs> I fucking hate guys. I love women. <laughs> I mean, fucking suck you up like a circus seal. Fucking gay song, Bob. Just fucking love that. Um, but anyway, back on the road, Frank becomes more brutish and confrontational while in the car, taunting Dorothy as well as Jeffrey. Frank pulls over in a sawmill yard and begins to abuse Dorothy, so Jeffrey hits him, which enraged Frank. So they all yank him out of the car. Frank puts on lipstick and then fucking kisses Jeffrey right on the fucking lips, saying he'll send that fucking mm. to hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what's really fucking great is that he fucking once again plays In Dreams by Roy Orbison, and then Raymond's date, for some reason, David Lynch, he fucking makes her dance on the fucking roof of the top of that car while Jeffrey's getting the shit kicked out of him. I was like, this is yeah. If you want to explain David Lynch, just show this scene. <laughs> yes, that that plus size lady dancing on top of <laughs> the roof, on top of the roof of a '69 Charger, and I was like, David Lynch, fuck you for doing that to that '69 Charger, <laughs> that but poor just, roof. because yeah. <laughs> you see, see Dorothy's shimmy face and buckle. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy's like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> Why, why is she getting on the fucking roof? Like, for no fucking reason. And just fucking doing this fucking hootsie-cootsie dance. Um, so Jeffrey wakes up on the ground the next morning and goes home, where he's overcome with guilt and despair. Jeffrey realizes that things have finally gone too far, so he decides to go to the police. At the police station, Jeffrey sees that Detective Williams' partner, Detective Gordon, the same Gordon that Frank mentioned earlier to Ben, is in fact the yellow man. So, of course, he quickly goes Why? to the water fountain. He's like, oh, 
I'm just going to take a drink. Yellow man. Quick. Uh, uh. He, he's a fucking yellow man. And, of course, later at Sandy's home, Jeffrey briefs Detective Williams George? on his findings. It's Curious Yellow Man. <laughs> um, Jeffrey doesn't reveal that Sandy had any involvement in what he's getting into, but, of course, Sandy fucking ruins everything. Which is like, did you tell my dad? And he's like, shh, shh, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. No, I, I didn't tell him anything. You're not involved. She's, so, of course, Detective Williams comes in. He's like, well, good night, uh, Mr. Williams. See you later. And, of course, Sandy's like, yeah, okay, okay. Hey, Dad. <laughs> and just folds her fucking like, yeah, you're okay. <laughs> when you tell me what you're involved with. You um, totally suck at this. <laughs> yeah, you're the worst. Why are you the worst at everything? <laughs> but so... Of course, Detective Williams tells him not to get further involved. He's going to help out and, and look into things. So we cut to a few days later, and Jeffrey and Sandy go to a dance party together where they profess their newfound Sandy, love and Sandy. So Sandy <laughs> and Jeffrey are now in love because they, they – Sandy. Yeah. Sandy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Danny. I'm Jeffrey. Oh, <laughs> wrong movie. <laughs> So they uh, they declare their love for each other. So as he drives Sandy home, they're followed and rear-ended several times by another driver. And Jeffrey, of course, thinks this is Frank Booth. He's a psychopath. He's going to kill us. Like, we have to figure out a way to get out of this situation. But, well, of, the headlights of course, the Sandy car, leans so. over. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I, I even so, felt course, for it. I'm, like, like, oh, I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit, man. He's got him. He's fucked. You know, but then, uh, oh, really? Like, it's Mike. It's Mike. Yeah. Oh, it's the weird oh, shit, again. Right. It's a, a weird fucking David Lynch scene. It's a weird fucking David Lynch scene because, of course, Mike pulls them both over, and of course he's like, "You fucking broke up with me for this fucking guy. This fucking guy, get the fuck out of the car, man!" And of course, you know, he's just, "I don't, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm, I'm sorry." But of course, what happens? We see Dorothy just standing butt ass naked on Jeffrey's front lawn. I love Mike's initial reaction is, oh, what is that, your mom? She's all fucked up, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He immediately says that, and, of course, like, you know, Dorothy is just beaten and bruised and naked, and she's trying to get to Jeffrey. And, of course, immediately Mike after says that, he's like, oh, that's cool, man. That's cool. Like, you know, you guys got to go. You got, you got something to do. It, it's cool. Like, I'm cool. Are you cool? He's like, I'm fine. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for making fun of her, man. You know, like, like, really, bro? Like, wow. But, like, I, I have to say, funny enough, it, like, probably was, like, the most genuine, like, teenager-esque reaction or maybe maybe more to the point, it seems like the, the most adult interpretation of how a teenager yeah. would react in that kind of situation. I would think, I mean, it's, just, it's funny when you see it because he's all hopped up and he's drinking and they're throwing beer cans on the street. And then once he sees Dorothy naked, realizes that's not Jeffrey's mom. And all of a sudden he's like, all right, no, you take care of her. So, of course, they stick her in the Jeffrey's car and they drive over to Sandy's house. Um, at no point whatsoever does Jeffrey say, let me take off my jacket and cover up Dorothy so she's not fucking stark-ass naked. Um, no, <laughs> just bring her in the house. Uh, we'll get something to cover Dorothy at some point, but I love Dorothy. She's like, oh, Jeffrey, yes, my secret lover. And he's like, oh, hey, hey, hey. Uh, what uh, you say? You put your that. disease you, in you, me. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I already turned up pregnant put at the end of the movie. Me. Yes, I was. See, I think that she too. was talking about Frank during that scene. I don't think she was talking about Jeffrey. I think she was talking about Frank. I think she was so just like whatever happened to her. I think she was talking about Frank. 
but well, yeah, it well, looks I like mean, she's talking about her, Even when she first gets with Jeffrey in that, you know, that, that early scene, you know, like after we meet Frank, you realize that, like, she's behaving in a similar fashion as to how Frank treats her. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of mm-hmm. like she's just simply doing to Jeffrey what Frank kind of does to her. And yep. can we also just talk about how ugly of a crier Wargarn is? Where's the, oh, oh, well, oh God. Man, uh, Jeffrey, you dodged a bullet, man. You dodged a I bullet. Have never found, I have never found Laura Dern attractive. So, like, you know what? Like, well, the heart she was yeah. at. I agree. Again, she yeah, gets fingered I, in just, that movie, and I enjoy, I enjoy that sequence, and that's about it. But when she started crying, I'm like, oh, God. Not no, a no, the, the, the allure is over. The allure is over for me. And I was like, it's fine. I mean, she looked pretty good in Jurassic Park. I was like, but not here. No, not when she cries. I just kept thinking about her father. I was like, oh, that's Bruce Dern. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> like, but she only looked killer. in Jurassic Park because she was the only chick in the movie. <laughs> and she was also <laughs> we dating just... a much older person that never yeah. got talked who, about until like recently. Who, who <laughs> was know? of age. Because the yeah. only other female in the movie is, is a child. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, Ariana Richards, yeah, very much a child in that movie. She got hot in Angus, though. Great movie. Um, so from the hospital, Jeffrey tells Sandy, who, by the way, has already forgiven him for starting a romantic relationship while she was sexually involved with a vulnerable and mentally unstable woman. Just uh, uh, let you guys know that. She was dating Mike, <laughs> so she's got nothing to say. She had a boyfriend. <laughs> She did, you know, I mean, but also they, like, it's not like they ever had sex or, like, even, like, their kissing was so chaste where it's just, like, you feel like she was done with Mike as it was. Because um, even, like, when she saw Mike at the school, she's like, go, go, go. And he's like, what? What What did I do? And she's like, fuck. <laughs> there he is. Hey, Mike. Don't mind me getting in strange guy's vehicle. But Jeffrey says that he has to return to Dorothy's apartment, and he asks Sandy to send her father there immediately. When Jeffrey arrives at Dorothy's apartment, he finds the dead body of Dorothy's husband, Don, who's missing an ear and has a swatch of blue velvet cloth stuck in his mouth. For some reason, Detective Gordon is also there, and he's standing in a daze with a severe head injury. Again, this is pure David Lynch. David Lynch would do this shit. Where it's like, is the guy dead or alive? Probably both, but he's just going to stand there. (laughs) And drew blood. He loved blood force trauma to the head. (laughs) Yeah. So when Jeffrey tries to leave, he sees the well-dressed man coming up the steps and then instantly recognizes him as Frank in disguise. So Jeffrey talks to Detective Williams over Gordon's police radio. But then he's like, oh, shit, though. Frank has a police radio as well. Probably shouldn't give away my location, even though I just said I'm in Dorothy's apartment in her bedroom. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I'm hiding in the back bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So across town, Detective Williams and his men are engaged in a gunfight with Frank's thugs at his apartment building, and Jeffrey is officially now on his own. Frank enters Dorothy's apartment and begins taunting Jeffrey, and I fucking love it. Don't you believe that I have a fucking police radio shithead? God damn, you're a fucking idiot. You don't think I would have my own police radio? Just him walking through his apartment with the fucking silencer where he fucking takes out Detective Gordon. Just, <laughs> drops the fucking body. Um, 
when Frank fails to find Jeffrey in the bedroom, where Jeffrey announced over the radio that he hide, he returns to the living room. And upon Frank's opening the closet door, Jeffrey shoots him using Gordon's gun, blowing his fucking brains out. Telling him, I was like, ooh, look at David Lynch getting a gore sequence in here. Because that fucking thing exploded. <laughs> just the sprawl. Just it was a great fucking shot. I was like, oh, look at David Lynch getting the gore. Yes, he's not known for that. He's known for being weird, for being gory. Um, so once Frank's dead and laying on the floor, Detective Williams and Sandy arrive in tow. He points the pistol at Jeffrey and then lowers it after telling him it's all over. So it's finally all over. Frank's dead. You know, everything's peaceful. <clears throat> but as we, we get to the conclusion of this movie, I think that's what I love so much about Blue Velvet and what the monkey had said earlier about Twin Peaks is that you can have a very picturesque 1950s-style town where everybody is friendly, everybody knows each other, but just underneath the surface, like we see in the intro of the movie that I didn't bring up, there's fucking beetles and gross shit just happening under the surface. And that's what Twin Peaks always worked for me because it's, during the day, everything's fine, but at night, that's when you get shit happening. Drug dealers and gun runners, um, and we see it in Twin Peaks. But I love how David Lynch likes to fuck over the American dream. He's like, you know Americana, but, you know, it's like we with the beaver on crack, where it's like Wally's best friend, Eddie, is a fucking drug dealer at night. <laughs> hey, mm-hmm. hey, Wally, yeah. I'm going to go sell drugs at one with point, me. At yeah. one point, <laughs> Willem Dafoe was in the running for the, for the Dennis Hopper role. Which yeah, I think would have been fucking yeah, yep. wacky as fuck also. It would have been. And then Dennis Hopper was like, I'm fucking Frank. Like, I need this role. Like, I am Frank. Um, but Willem Dafoe got redeemed when he was in Wild at Heart. And he's fucking insane in Wild at Heart. So it's like he kind of got his David Lynch kind of wish of being in a David Lynch movie when he started in Wild at Heart. Um, but, and I also thought it was funny that David Lynch, he could write curse dialogue, but he doesn't really like to say it because he doesn't want to charge the environment. So whenever Dennis Hopper had to say the word fuck, he would be like, just say that word. Just say that word. And he's like, what? You mean fuck? And he's like, I don't want to say it. <laughs> Please don't make me say it. He's like, just <laughs> say that fucking word. <laughs> and he's like, but it's fucking fuck, man. And he's like, yes. <laughs> you know, he's like, I could, I could believe that. And David Lynch is that type of guy that I'd be like, he's afraid to say curse words, but he has no problem writing it for everybody else in the room. Um, so as we, we close out the movie, we see the Beaumont and Williams families enjoying an afternoon together. Jeffrey's father has recovered from his stroke, and he and Detective Williams are talking in the backyard. Aunt Barbara in the kitchen points out a robin in a tree that's caught a bug. Sandy, who had earlier told Jeffrey about a dream that had involved robins and how they symbolize love, smiles at Jeffrey as they share this moment of con- uh, contentment and hope. And then we cut to a park where Dorothy is playing with her son as they're happily back together. She embraces her son as we hear a bitter spirit expression go across her face, and we hear her singing Blue Velvet once again as we close out. And the curtains draw on Blue Velvet. So uh, I just fucking love that movie. And I guess I get that this is a noir, and it's, you know what I mean? It's, uh, yes. it's, a, yep. it's, it's, it's a straightforward detective story with a definitive, you know, villain and all this and that. But, like, you know, as the movie was going on, I was kind of hoping for, like, some kind of, like, major twist. And, like, Mm -hmm. I really wished that the twist would have been that Jeffrey was the killer. 
Like, that would have been, like, a great way to, like, kind of, like, put this, this weird thing on it where you have this kid returns to town, and it turns out that, like, you know, he's just a little bit fucking bent. And this is why, like, you know, like how they always say, like, you know, a lot of times, like, you'll get these serial killers or these, these murderers who try to get involved with, like, the crime scene and shit like that because, you know, they, they like the attention. They like seeing what their, what their work has done, you know? And, and, like, I kept yeah. waiting for this movie to, like, kind of go that route in some way. And just, because he's weird. He's creepy, you know? Like, they're, they're playing yes, it like he's a small-town Americana fucking, you know, like, good boy. But at the same time, too, he's, like, fucking breaking and entering. You're getting blown by this fucking, you know, this, this <laughs> random fucking woman who, you know, for that he literally, like, illegally is in her fucking apartment. And, you know, she's like, I'm going to suck your dick. And he's like, okay. And don't get me wrong, you know, like, I, I've been in, in, in people's places, and, and I've had my dick sucked in front of furnaces before, but, like, you know, like, I don't know, like, I didn't break into that person's house. I was, like, there to, to do work, and, like, the situation just kind of occurred, you know? <clears throat> like oh, a bad I, porn. Basically, yeah. Well, it's fun, like, watching hey, the top H- of the It really was a very fucking creepy, creepy type of moment, man. It, it was not hey, a H- very... Com- HVAC is here. It, it wasn't comfortable. <laughs> Oh my God! Are you here to do HVAC? I don't have any money. How am I going to pay you? Well, maybe we can work out a deal. I wish it went like that. It never goes like that. <laughs> yeah, no, they no, never, never do it. They, they never want to feel like 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 hookers. You know what I mean? So so it's never. It's, they always want to talk about other shit. Okay. This is a long time ago, though, man. Um, but yeah, <laughs> no. With Blue Velvet, though, it's one of the rare David Lynch movies that has a beginning, okay. middle, and an end. Um, Blue Velvet so, has, a definite, has a middle. Oh, it, but definite yes, it opening, middle, you and closing. Yes, it yeah. doesn't leave you with questions. It doesn't leave you going, what the fuck? Like, am I supposed to make up my own ending at this point? Um, you know, especially when you get into, like, Lost Highway territory, yeah, where I'm still confused about the fucking movie. Um, or... Point. Or Inland Empire, which is another fucking movie that he did just recently, where I'm like, that movie just doesn't really have an end or a beginning. Like, it just, it's all over the fucking place. Or even uh, Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, that came out after yep. uh, the Twin Peaks show came out. That fucking movie just left you with more questions. And, like, I thought it was going to answer everything. And it said, no, nope, it just kind of left you more questions. Um, <laughs> but what's interesting is that Fire Walk With Me, which is a part of Twin Peaks War, that was supposed to be a tattoo that Frank Booth had. David Lynch already had the idea in his head to do Firewalk with me. Um, oh, with Frank Booth. okay. And he wanted it to be a tattoo that Frank Booth would have had. He's like, I wanted it to be a tattoo. I just didn't really know if it would fit because you're not going to really see his body. So you wouldn't see this tattoo on him. But he resembles everything that Bob would have been about. And he resembles everything that, you know, is dark with the world and Firewalk with me. Um, but, yeah, I mean – that whole fucking movie, Firewalk with Me, it's just like you fucking have David Bowie in the beginning of the movie, and he's like, you don't want to talk about her. Well, you know, no, no, don't do that. Don't, no, Bowie's in this movie. <laughs> but it's confusing. It's like watching the Linguini incident all over again. It makes no sense. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But you know, Monkey, before we close out, Linguini incident is getting a re-release next year, in 2024, where the director promises to include everything that he couldn't do in the original cut. It's going to make a lot more sense. 
So I can't wait for it that. It made sense to me. And I, 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 I uh, have a copy on DVD. <laughs> I watched your copy, and I was still confused. So when he said, when he posted earlier today on Facebook that he's releasing a copy of Linguini Incident next year with, like, additional scenes that makes more sense, I'm like, okay, I'll watch that cut. <laughs> it, it definitely felt choppy. Um, but anyway, uh, that was Blue Velvet. That was my film pick of the week. Uh, Monkey, next week, uh, it is your final film pick with us uh, here at Talking Terror. Yeah. Uh, what it are is. we talking about? What are we discussing? Uh, we're not going to do a horror movie at all. Okay. We're, we're, it's your final pick. This is my final, yeah, this is my final pick. I just want us to have a good time. Just lo- I want oh, us boy. to watch a movie of us just having a good time and bullshitting, and I'm hoping everyone is going to be on the same page as me. And I wanted to pick something that I think the Dean would like. And I like everything. Uh, and I want, I, want, I, want us, I want us next week to watch I'm Going to Get You Sucker. Damn. Yes. Okay, yep. I'm into it. Yes. I am fucking into it. <laughs> and it's available uh, on Tubi. The <laughs> yeah, yeah. family of little midgets. Oh, my Bunny. fucking God, dude. Ah, I'm going to get Jack Slade. God, man. This is why I wanted you here, mm-hmm. Dean. <laughs> what a great fucking movie to go out on. Hard Hammer movie going to be fucking Slammer short next week. Kung Fu Show. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, it's it's available on Tubi, Pluto, wherever the fuck you want. Man, yeah. I'm going to get you something. I haven't Casey. seen this movie since I was, oh, God. It's been a while. So, yeah, I want, I want us just to have some fun. So my last pick, you know, no one in a bad mood, so I just want us to nope. just wa- watch this and just have a good time. Well, I'm going to eat a bunch of edibles, and I'm going to have to fucking make the fucking narration. <laughs> you, know? oh, you take the window or the stairs. <laughs> uh, Keenan Ivory Wayne's at his fucking best. So that, that and yeah, then I'm we, looking forward to it. And go through all the trials and tribulations of how much is one rib. All right. <laughs> That's what we'll <laughs> All right, so for for the monkey's final show, we're going to be talking about I'm going to get you, sucker. So I know you guys love the horror, but fuck everything, man. Fuck everything. For your final pick, like, we can talk about whatever you want, and we're going to be talking about I'm going to get you, sucker. So we'll be talking about that next week. Dean, I'm looking forward to talking with you next week about I'm going to get you, sucker. Me too. Get harmonies done, and let's talk about I'm going to do it. So, all right. We'll see you back here next week. Thank you so much for joining us, Dean. So All exciting. Right. Yes. Monkey, <laughs> um, that being said, every good head, we have a good very hero special episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks for listening to tonight. There's going to be so much fun terror. <laughs> oh, yes. It's next next week. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely be an uncensored, rated R episode like a motherfucker. So good it's, night, everybody. It's going to be a lot of fucking fun. It's going to be a lot of quoting. You know, we will fucking cover it as much as we can. We're just going to have a good time, and we're going to send off the monkey in the best way possible. We're going to laugh. We're going to have a good time. So let's make it fun. Let's not be sad. You know, we're, we're not losing our brother. We're just he's taking a break. That's all. <laughs> he will always be with us. So 
That being said, Ghoul, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself up? That's what I've said every time we put a dog to sleep, okay, man? Oh, jeez. <laughs> We're not putting him to sleep. He's not going over the Rainbow Bridge. <laughs> He's Fucking Rainbow Bridge. bridge. Listen, stay away from <laughs> yeah, the light, Stay away from the light. <laughs> going, to, like, yeah. going to a farm upstate. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, man. Fucking far Hey, you guys, why are you putting me in the back of the truck? Are we going for a ride? Are we going for a ride, guys? <laughs> oh, it's okay, Mikey. We're just, just going to take you for a little fucking, trip. <laughs> it's the dog's life. It's the fucking dog's life part three. You know what I mean? Fucking will edition. Um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I uh, I am very much looking forward to next week. I'm gonna, uh, I'm, I'm gonna David Lynch it, okay? Since everybody else is gonna swear, I am not gonna swear at all because I get uncomfortable with curse words. Um, oh, so, great! So, <laughs> <laughs> scared everybody. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's real shitty. So all of a sudden, he's like, I, I don't like swear words, guys. I don't like to say the f word. I don't want to drop those bombs. Okay, David Lynch. <laughs> He's gonna be he's gonna be saving so he can be dropping the in bombs. <laughs> I am shy and virgin <laughs> like Laura Dern <laughs> in this movie. He's, okay. he's a regular uh, he's our Nubian queen next week. That's that's the goal. He's gonna be a Nubian queen next week. My, <laughs> my cherry is still intact. Twelve inches. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Not even your cherry is intact. Oh, yes, sure is. That hasn't been mingled yet. So, anyway, guys, I'm your old pal, the king of horror, Andy G. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show where we talked about Blue Velvet. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies, except for motherfucking next week, where we're going to go out in a high point with the Mad Monkey and talk about I'm going to get you, sucker. See you guys next week.